today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's Friday. It's 11:35, and that means Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing, is with us here in studio. Tech Talk is brought to you by... Vacuuman Furnace and Duct Cleaning. All right, and uh, by Adam Oldfield himself, too. Uh, by, by, by the one and only, yeah, exactly. It's getting uh, warmer now. I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the summer. It, it, I can feel it getting just a notch warmer as we go, and as the air conditioners are turning on, I mean, if you're uh, you're finding it's a little dusty and you're closing the windows, because now it's at that, that grade of too hot to too cold... Uh, you know what? You maybe notice it might be a little dusty in the house. Give us a call, vacuuman.com. Well, I know. I get some friends of mine, some neighbors that uh, they just did some rentals on their place. And I said, yeah, you know, they're putting yeah. walls up and everything down in the right. basement. Yeah. And I said, you know that stuff, all it's in the ducts. I said, have I got a guy for you? <laughs> yeah. so. You need to t- listen on 1135. Yes, that's right, uh, on Fridays. Well, you know what? A lot of people need to remember if you are renovating, that's very important. If you're doing drywall, turn your furnace off because truthfully, it, it becomes a suction, a big yeah. vacuum, and it pulls all that dust inside. And, and and, well, I guess, okay, maybe I shouldn't tell you that because then you don't need to call us. But that's what, exactly oh, what you we'll will be eventually. doing. We'll be cleaning it for you. Let me tell you something. We had renovations done a few years ago, too. I don't care what you do. You still get dust all over the house. <laughs> that's right. That is true. Yeah. You, it can, put, you can put curtains up. You can put plastic. You can do anything else. It's still going to help. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, uh, like millions of other people, I was watching the Raptors uh, yeah. big parade on Monday. It was, what a sight, right? About yep, two, they right. say almost 2 million people downtown. Uh, and all of them wanted to get on the internet at the same time. What, what was that like? Well, I don't. You probably watched it from a broadcasting yeah, side. It yeah. was running smoothly, and all you saw was everyone cheering, holding their phones up, right? Yeah. And they were f- trying to do. There's Kawhi. There's Kawhi. Yeah, they're doing the Facebook Live, the Snapchat Live, the Instagram Live, IGTV, YouTube. There was just a massive swarm of how many people were down there? Uh, About two million, they two, say. Two million along the route, and then uh, of course at Nathan Phillips Square. Okay, well. <clears throat> here's what happened from a technological standpoint what happened was and and I've been getting a lot of questions like this isn't right the signal was dropping it said it was weak there wasn't enough uh, uh, um, uh, power or whatever it was and and they were everyone was complaining because they've got their 5g their or their 10 gigabytes of data their 15 all of these plans we spoke about last week about what our Canadian plans are giving us as Canadians but it wasn't working. It was dropping. It was dropping the signal. They were so. I wanted to bring to light that I I wanted two million. I thought it was two hundred thousand, but you're right, two million. Now that changes and makes it perfect sense. What happens is two million people all trying to feed a Facebook Live. Facebook can handle it, but the cell systems can't. Yeah, and that's what. And so where I bring this up is there was a unfortunately a situation where I think there was a shooting right down downtown yes, at that time, and so panic I know was caused, and there was a lot of situations where people were trying to call emergency services, but the. Uh, incident that happened, there was still 1.9 million people still filming. And so people were having a hard time on the cell to even call to get on the network. So where are we today? Taking this into an account in a situation that could have been even a bigger catastrophe. If in the city, something that big happened, 4G is still, uh, it's a powerful speed. It works out to about 10 megabytes per second. And so the question I was asked was, if 5G was here in this event downtown in the Raptor one and 5G was available, would we not have this problem? Would the would the issues with the technical uh, uh, access to emergency services been limited? 
And the answer would have been, and my answer was yes, absolutely. Even though it's triple the speed, faster than uh, a speeding bullet, and, and Superman himself wouldn't be able to keep up. When you get that many people all trying to jump on this pipeline, and I use, let me use an example. What we've got right now is the 401 going to Toronto. The 4G network is equal to having 16 lanes of cars all trying to go to Toronto at the same time. It's slow. You're going to get there, but everyone's moving at a slow pace. Yeah, yeah. There's a fast lane and every so often you get a little quick and then we created these boosters which you hear we're putting boosters up that's still 4g that's like putting a self-service road it just means everyone got off real quick and then it got a little slower so it doesn't really make it that fast so 5g basically has turned everybody's cars into bicycles so now you can imagine 16 lanes of highways going to toronto and now 5g is like everyone's on a bicycle riding to toronto now we're all going to move really fast and we're all going to move at our own pace and there's lots of room to go but now we're going to add a little element the more and where i'm going with this whole analogy is 5g is going to get slower because the demands and the accessibility of speed are going to be more there so as an example an autonomous car. If we had 100,000 autonomous self-driving cars all requiring that data to be able to, to transfer, because remember, we're talking about a demand of speed. So this is going to slow it down. So I, my whole rigmarole of this story was, if you were downtown Toronto and you thought, why is my cell phone, I'm, I'm in the heart of the city, why am I not getting fast speeds? It's because it's still congested the network, number one. Mm -hmm. And if 5G comes, it will be fast for a period. But as we keep evolving and putting more of our technology into using it, it's going to continue to bog again you know the 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 pipe's only so big you can't until we get 6g until we get 6g right until we get 6g which is you know a terabyte per second um and and that's just um like I, that's mind-blowing to me but i'm sure today i'd be looking at it going what 10 gigabytes per second that's amazing today it's actually not that fast so the the reality is we are still not in a system as great as this and this is toronto for that matter that many people trying to get on if we had a national emergency like a 9-11 or something like that we'd still be in a lot of trouble my my end of this was we're cable cutting this is a big concern for me uh, and for many people out there this is going to become an issue in a major crisis like this what would have happened because if our internet's bogged down we're not going to get the information safely and and by the way that happened then too i was on the air of course when 9-11 happened sadly we we're doing the show yeah. at ch that day and uh, the cell service in, in Manhattan just blew up. Blew up, uh, yeah. We, the only connection we had there, actually it was a guy, you know Dave Gruggan, the photographer. Yes, yes. He happened to be in New York that day, long story short, uh, doing a, a shoot. And uh, he called the, 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 radio, the television station and said, look, I'm down here. Do you want? I said, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we put him on a number of times, but he kept cutting out because the network kept blowing up. That's right, that's right. And Everybody this, wanted to get on the phone. And we've advanced so much since uh, yeah, then. Yeah, and that's, that's say, 18 years ago. Yeah, it was still analog for that matter. It was probably really good quality, but Today, I, I think we're, we, we somehow are relying on the fact that on a normal use basis, the technology and cellular services we have is adequate. In the case of an emergency, we're still going to be potentially in, 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 a, in a position where uh, a landline might have been very handy in the case of an emergency in this case. So uh, cable cutting has to be somewhat dangerous, in my opinion. I think that was a little lesson I think I took away from, from what happened by the parade. I'm going to have to get my landline back now? Uh, no, no, no. Let's not get crazy, Bill. All right, okay. I just said that in Thank this you. time, it would have been handy to have. I'm, I'm just making my point. 5G needs to come, and it needs to come quick. 
quickly. Well, they did a rollout in London on this, didn't they? Well, and and leading into that, London this past week rolled it out, and I was super excited because they were doing these tests for a week. And there was a couple things that make 5G important. Number one, you got to have a 5G network fully running. Number one, number two, you got to have an, a, a system like a phone that can handle it. So 5G claims what I just said to you, gigabytes in seconds. It's going to be amazing. Well, apparently they got some bugs to work out and it's only getting about 200 megabytes. Now that's about equal to what a cable is, an internet cable to a building or high speed internet right now that maybe Bell or Kojiko or whoever's providing your internet. It's not as fast as the 5Gs are claiming. So I think there's a little misdemeanor here of, hey, this is going to be really super fast. No, it's kind of fast. It's just not at the fastest yet. So uh, I wanted to bring that up because I think as we're getting excited, it's going to fix the world's problems. It's still got a long way to go. Uh, I want to talk about garage door openers. Yeah, me all too. right. Uh, you know, first of all, the batteries started to run out. Uh, you always, where's the clicker? Where's the yeah, thing? That's right. Uh, and I, I, I got to tell you, I saw this story this week. You sent this over to me last night. Yeah. And I thought, I, for a year now, I've been saying, <laughs> you know what they should do? There should be an app. <laughs> They should, yes. And I, but you know what? It's always do you have to redo the whole uh, uh, garage door opener equipment? I mean, it's not cheap, you know, to put it in your yeah. first time, right? Um, but there's a product that uh, was created, and I thought it was interesting. I had to research it, and I'm like, when did the first garage door opener actually get invented? 1926, Bill. The first automatic. I don't know what that looked like. I, I mean, I can only imagine it was a string hanging down the street, <laughs> and as you arrived around the corner, you started pulling it as you drove closer to your house. But the first garage door opener was invented in Hartford City, Indiana in 1926. So anyway, like everywhere, you want to be able to say, I can do everything with my phone. Why can't I open my garage door? Yeah, so I, I can d- control the furnace, the air conditioning. I can, do, I can the any, lights, turn the, the lights on. Yeah. Can, I can get, you know. Anything you need. Yes. So why, you know, you haven't really heard. Well, I found a device and for $38, it will plug in and attach to your existing garage door opener. Um, It connects to your Wi-Fi and you download the app and it will allow you to be able to electronically open your garage door using your phone. I mean, the phone is connected to the car, right? So I thought I would look this up and and, and this little product is, is available for $38. It's on Amazon. All you got to do is just search up garage door opener uh, app uh, and you will find many, many options. The best one I found was about $38. It's called uh, Miros. Uh, Miros Well. Uh, if you want to consider, I'm not trying to promote them, but they were the cheapest. I don't know if it's good, so please do not say I bought yeah. this in Tech Talk. We, he is not endorsing I this I am product. not endorsing he's, he's this product, folks. It. I'm just trying to give you an idea. And that's $38 US. So if you want to say, hey, my app needs to open my garage door uh, for, an att- like, again, you can buy new machines that do this. This is for an existing garage door opener that you have that is kind of a dummy slash make it smart. Uh, and and it's, I got to look this up when I get off the air today because that's that's important stuff, uh, especially you know if you say you're trying to find the the the, the button all the and uh, oh, it's the wrong one. That's, that's right. You, you yeah. know, that, so bingo bango, this is going to be good. Listen, I wanted you to come in uh, today. Remember, you and I talked about this briefly last week uh, about this new currency that uh, that Facebook is using. Uh, I heard uh, Ali Valshi on MSNBC talking about. This. Yep. Of course, the guy from Toronto, big financial. Well, he's you know world famous now. 
Uh, and he says this is mind blowing. It stuff, is th- what, what Facebook is doing here. What Facebook is doing is it. Ev- I mean, is mind blowing to a point where you know they're calling it Libra. I, I don't know whether it's because that was around the time when Facebook opened around uh, you know October or whatever. But anyway, it, it's 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 called Libra. It's a cryptocurrency, and there's some things that you know you hear crypto. But it's not like Bitcoin. No, no, not at all. Because as soon as you say cri- cryptocurrency, people think Bitcoin. Bitcoin, right? This is the difference. Here's the point. Bitcoin has its own entity. It's got its own algorithm. There's only so many of it that's out there. What's interesting about Libra is that Facebook's invested in it. And what really caught, and I look at Facebook sort of a face value. Yeah. yeah, what am I getting? What really caught my attention is the fact that this is also supported by Visa, MasterCard, yeah. PayPal, uh, multiple large environment, uh, uh, eBay, Lyft, Uber, Spotify, Women's World Banking. These are huge, big, big organizations. And what really made me go, this looks real, is it's not supported by the World Bank. And that's important because the World Bank system is basically the currency exchange, yeah. the U.S. dollar versus Canadian dollar. What's neat about, not neat, I guess, but scary is <laughs> about this is it's got a blockchain connected to it. Now, just to kind of dumb it down for everyone, when you're spending money, and I'm going to put this in simple, very simple terms. If I gave you, Bill, a dollar and you said, hey, Adam, uh, for exchange of services, whatever it is, if I gave you a dollar, the difference with this cryptocurrency, it's got blockchain linked with it, which means you'll be able to see Adam got it from Bob and Bob got it from uh, Billy and Billy got it from the actual purchase of the world, the institution uh, that is funding and running this out of Geneva, Switzerland. And this is a real thing. This is yeah. not a bunch of kids in a basement no, no. or a Vancouver company where some guys memorize the only code for millions of dollars. This is an actual uh, currency act, uh, running with a blockchain. The blockchain is a good thing because you'll always know, hey, am I getting dirty currency? Is this who's it connected to? That's scary because I think I've just completely uh, uh, told everyone how you've re- how we've removed the entire cash industry because you will know you'll always be able to trace it and have access to it. The other benefit to this is that it's got a set rate, and what that set rate means is that if it's a dollar in Canada, it's a dollar in Russia. It's a dollar in the U.S. There is no exchange value. That's another big thing because Bitcoin has got a monetary value yeah. equated to, well, it's 6,000 U.S., which is 8,000 Canadian, which is how many yen versus douche, all that. So when you look at this, it's, a, it's about to come out with this payment system. And why Facebook is very interested is they're going to integrate it, which they tried in 2015 to do monetary, you can transaction. This crypt Libra, Facebook Libra, if you want to Google it and try to understand it, hopefully. I simplified it. This is something that's going to be coming out next year as a, as a test. And then truthfully, you'll be able to start making payments online using this, this currency um, and being able to purchase with funds um, an actual value of this and be able to start the, uh, the transaction online. This is a uh, 21st century Canadian tire money. This, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is, in my opinion, this is going to blow the entire currency, world currency, out of out of the water. Well, especially since, as you say, so many of these institutions are on board with it already. And and the fact of the matter that none of them are the banking, and that's the one that made me really go, how real? Because the minute I see, you know, all the banks are in, but they're not. And that, but all of these groups, Visa, Mastercard, is what really made me go, okay. There was always talk about them one day ruling and running the currency world. <laughs> I think they found the way to do it with the financial support of Facebook.
Uh, and it's it's instant credibility. I mean, people have talked about this. I'm reading the financial sections of the newspapers, and yeah. they're, they're just, like I say, they're saying, look out, this is going to be huge, really. Well, well, and the other thing with Bitcoin, there's, you know, who's, who's substantiating the money? Yeah. With, with this, this actually has a, there's a custodian. I mean, out of Geneva, Switzerland, there's actually hard-earned supported value to give it, you know, kind of like insuring your money, right? You go take a loan, you put your money in the bank, you're insured. This is coming with the same, that credibility you just uh, uh, highlighted. That is, this is supporting. So you're not getting something going, is this going to be, uh, uh, is this going to collapse on itself? Am I going to be stuck with a, it once was a 20000 and now it's worth nothing? That's not the case in this uh, situation. All right, listen, you, the first day of summer, happy summer, by the way. Yeah, I'm bringing Summer it. came about 45 minutes ago, officially. Woo! Yeah. Uh, the summer equinox is upon us now. Yes. Uh, it's going to get hot. It's going to be a nice weekend here. That's that right. means picnics. That means trips to the beach, at uh, ballpark. Uh, if you don't want to carry that big, cumbersome cooler that you know, is always too big and too heavy with all the ice slogging around in it, you have a better solution. Well, you know, <laughs> I feel like we should be doing infomercials. Yeah. I'm turning Tech Talk into a <laughs> let's do it now with our latest feature, Adam. Um, this one I thought was really cool, and you're 100% right. The old days of the Coleman cooler, you kind of threw the ice in, you hope it stayed cold, there's a little knob you popped open and the water would spill out when it melted, and, and it gave you probably a good day. Well, now the iFreezer Go to Zero, Go to O, is an option if you want to take your cooler to the next level. It's it's like a f- mini fridge. On one side, it's got a freezing component that you can keep ice cream, freezies. I mean, in some cases, you keep it in the cool. It will keep it cold. Sure. This is like a camping trip. You can have this cooler, and it comes with a battery pack that'll give you up to four solid days of freezing. Four days. Four days of freezing. The battery pack is. It, it's almost like a battery battery insulated in the cooler that creates the energy to the for the compartment for this little micro freezer and then on the other side this you've got this you know fridge if you will the the cooling area you yeah. keep your milk or whatever without fear of it freezing cuz i got a fridge when i remember living as a bachelor i had the fridge that kept freezing the milk because the i don't know why but they they interconnected so this is pretty cool you can be able to have one department to put it in caveats number 1 it takes time so many people and 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 by the way as a tech guy i love this stuff right so sure. having the cooler is very important however taking the cooler without turning it on to the grocery store it takes about a good just like if you turn on your fridge it doesn't just instantly become a freezer so um, don't put ice cream in and turn it on for the first time thinking it's going to work. you got to actually get it up to Let cold it get temperature. Cold, yeah. Yes. So keep that in mind. Number two, this is not like a uh, Canadian Tire Walmart $30 cooler before you go to a picnic. This is about a $550 purchase. Um, so it's not an inexpensive cost. So it might not be the right choice yet, but it is pretty cool, right? I mean, seriously, we got freezers and fridges. and I mean, everyone's going to be the envy watching you on the beach while you pull out a bucket of ice cream and and eat it right there on the on the hot sand there you go there's your summer plan for you uh tech talk we do this every friday 11 35 with adam oldfield uh brought to you by vacuum man furnace and duct cleaning and you can see them on the webpage uh vacuum okay thank you good to see you hey yeah have, thanks, enjoy Bill. summertime we'll I'm, see you next I'm week taking it all in the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml